Welcome to the Northbound Wealth Podcast. All opinions expressed by me, my co-hosts, or my guests are solely our own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Northbound Wealth Management. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended as personalized recommendations or fiduciary advice. It is not intended to provide and should not be relied upon for any investment, accounting, legal, and tax advice or as a solicitation to offer or buy any securities. Clients of Northbound Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Brent Foster with your weekly Market Insights Northbound Wealth Podcast, November 13th, 2023. A powerful Friday rally left stocks higher last week, extending the market's early November gains. The Dow Jones Industrial Average rose 0.65%, while the S&P 500 advanced 1.31%. The NASDAQ Composite Index jumped 2.37% higher for the week. The MSCI EFA Index, which tracks developed overseas stock markets, edged 0.25% higher. What does that mean for the Dow? The Dow Jones Industrial Average uh, closed at 34,283. That's up 3.43% for the year. The NASDAQ closed at 13,798. That's up 31.83% for the year. MSCI EFA index closed at 2,036. That's up 4.74% for the year. S&P 500 closed at 4,415. That's up 15% for the year. The 10-year Treasury note closed out at 4.61%. After touching, basically, the 10-year was at 5%, and that's when the equity market was down. And so now that the bond market has kind of uh, rallied, meaning yields have gone down, uh, the equity market is reversing and in the process of doing that. And so last week was the beginning stages of that, and there's a continuation going on this week, as today is the 14th of November. So let's review last week. In a news light week, stocks added to the gains of the previous week's rally helped by stable bond yields. Last week's advance did not go smoothly. However, as the week's accumulated gains were erased on Thursday, by the combination of a 30-year treasury bond auction that saw lower than expected investor demand, which sent bond yields sharply higher and disconcerting remarks by Powell, Jay Powell of the Fed, that disappointed investors harboring hopes for the conclusion of the Fed's rate height cycle. Stocks rebounded strongly on Friday, the next day after Thursday, as investors reconsidered Powell's comments funny how that works. They read the notes and bond yields retreated, leaving the rally from October's lows intact. Interesting. Powell speaks. So in last week's presentation to a gathering sponsored by the International Monetary Fund or IMF, Fed Chair Powell said that while he and other Fed officials were encouraged by the progress in bringing down inflation, he was not confident, in quotes, that the Fed's current restrictive monetary policy stance was sufficient to achieve the Fed's target inflation rate of 2%. His comments, which followed the Fed's two successive decisions to pause on fresh interest rate increases, emphasized that there remained a long way to go to achieve their goal, and the Fed is committed to doing what's necessary to reach that target. Whether that's through additional rate hikes or by keeping rates higher for longer. So this week, key economic data, consumer price index, CPI number uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, producer price index, retail sales on uh, Thursday, jobless claims, industrial production, and Friday housing starts. 
Notable companies reporting earnings. We've got Tuesday, the Home Depot, Wednesday, Cisco, then Target, then TJX, Thursday, Walmart, Applied Materials, Palo Alto Networks, and NetEase. All right. So tax tip of the week, your expenses may be eligible for itemized tax deductions. If you have big plans to sell or buy a home, donate some old items or hit the casino, you may itemize some of these activities as deductions. Here are some examples. If you are refinancing your home, you can deduct some of your mortgage interest. There are some limits to these deductions, though. The IRS limits deduction to interest paid on a loan secured by the taxpayer's primary or secondary home. When refinancing, you must use the loan to buy, build, or substantially improve your primary or secondary home. If you buy a new home, you can deduct mortgage insurance if you pay $750,000 in qualifying debt for the first and second home or $375,000 when married filing separately. Now is a great time to go through your things and donate old clothes, furniture, or home goods you no longer need. Even better, these donations may qualify for a tax deduction if you itemize the deductions and show proof of the donations. In addition to donating items, you can deduct mileage on your vehicle for services done or for a qualified charity. Lastly, you can itemize and deduct gambling losses up to the amount of gambling winnings. This information is not intended as a substitute for specific individualized tax advice. We suggest that you discuss your specific tax issues with a qualified tax professional. And this tip was adapted from irs.gov. On to the next segment, you guys. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. This is Brent Foster. Not as an only Thanksgiving But there's a lot to celebrate in the month of November. There's a lot of things going on, and it's a very busy month as it really does kick off the holiday season. So for all of you out there, have fun this holiday season and for Thanksgiving that's coming up here soon, along with fall break for many of you who have kids in school. But uh, also November, uh, I'm going to cover a couple of things that I think are relevant. Is anyone taking part in No Shave November, a.k.a. Movember. It is a great, fun way to increase awareness of men's health issues. And I can't resist adding a financial health tip. Just like grooming a beard, your financial strategy needs regular attention. If not tended to, it can quickly get unruly and frankly, downright ugly. We're here to help. Join the fun, support a great cause and stay financially well-groomed. Use some of that beard oil, guys. Please share photos of your favorite Movember friends. I'm going to post something this week, actually, maybe even today, if I can get to it about my beard and where we're at. Anyway, there are other items that I want to pick up on for the month of November. Another thing we celebrate in November is National Entrepreneurship Month. So when I was young, I didn't say I want to grow up and be an entrepreneur, but now that I am, I wouldn't trade it for anything. When I stop and think about what it means to be an entrepreneur, I'm mainly proud that my team and the people around me have built a business based on improving the financial well-being of our clients. That's a pretty great mission in my opinion. As a financial professional or financial counselor, I have had the opportunity to work with many other entrepreneurs. I learn something from each person and I'm inspired to strive for continual improvement. It's one of the many great pleasures of my job. As November is hashtag National Entrepreneurship Month, I hope everyone will make a point to support your local businesses 
and those aspiring entrepreneurs out there, whatever age they may be, I'll always be grateful to those who encouraged and supported me. And I know firsthand how far a little encouragement can go. So take it to the world, guys, your ideas and everything. Hashtag startup, right? Awesome. All right. Another thing we celebrate in November that I want to cover is National Caregivers Month. Do you know someone who is helping to care for an aging parent or a family member? It seems that it is coming up in conversation more and more and more. If you or someone you know is in this position, you might be interested to know that November is hashtag National Caregivers Month, whose purpose is to highlight the role of caregivers and to provide resources for caregivers to help them with self-care, advocacy, and stress management. An organization called the National Council on the Aging offers many good resources. Personal finance can play a significant role in ensuring that you're prepared for whatever the future brings. Many of the elderly clients are facing increasing monthly expenses and are asking that we budget for higher costs in the future. If you haven't given it some thought, you should. Please give a shout out to anyone you know who is a caregiver, volunteer, or paid. Either way, it's an incredible necessary role and it takes a special person to do it. Caregivers deserve our recognition. One of the final things in November that I'd like to celebrate is National Family Volunteering Day. Seeing my kids eager to volunteer and give back is a great feeling. My kids and I are doing a lot of volunteerism, a lot of maybe compiling items to give to homeless, and then we're going to go donate those things or just finding ways to uh, focus on other people this holiday season. And uh, we celebrate that here in a few days on November 18th. So seeing my kids eager to volunteer and give back is a great feeling since uh, hashtag family volunteering day is this November 18th. We're planning to pitch in together. Uh, what volunteer activities do you do with your family? The next time you volunteer, tag me in your post. It's always great to see family spending time together giving back. So Hashtag volunteering day, family, and go out and have some fun. It breaks the power of wealth and affluence in your life if you focus on other people. So talk to your kids, get involved, schedule time, go do it. Hello, everybody. This is Brent Foster, and this is your technical analysis spotlight. So what we're going to do is we're going to spotlight the NASDAQ and the uh, semiconductor index as well as the S&P 500 index. And we'll talk about some of the trading levels that we're at now. So first off, the NASDAQ and taking a look at the Qs. So triple Q, QQQ. Um, after spending the week in a holding pattern, stocks are ending the week on a strong note and appeared uh, poised to continue their fourth quarter uptrend. And what I'm talking about is from last week till now. Um, so what we're taking a look at is a breakout above uh, let's see, da, 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 the Qs are breaking out above around 375, and we've had an upside breakout today specifically. as Today is November 14th as of this recording. So um, we've had a downdraft over the last, oh, several months, uh, starting in July, August. We had a bit of a rally in September, uh, decline at the end of the month, and then a rally at the beginning of October, and then lower lows put in. In uh, the bottom, like the very end of October, beginning of November, and basically since the start of November till now, it's been on a tear. The queues have been uh, so we hit oversold conditions uh, on the R at 14 day relative strength indicator. Uh, 
uh, right there, uh, corresponding at the very end of October, beginning of November, uh, we touched the 30 bar and now we're rallying. And if you take a look at a chart that shows that type of data, you see that we're, we're not quite to being over, overbought. Uh, so there's a little more room to run maybe over the next couple of weeks, uh, we're going to get a rally, uh, to finish off November and we'll see about December. Uh, and uh, that wasn't necessarily the setup by most money managers. We didn't think it was going to happen. But uh, semiconductors lead uh, the XLK higher. The XLK is a technology ETF, sector spider ETF. But the I like watching the SOXX. Um, and some people don't like to watch the SOXX. They like to look at the SMH, which is the the VanX Vector Semiconductor ETF. SOXX is the Philadelphia uh, Semiconductor Index, um, it, basically. So we're looking at um, uh, semiconductors really broke out even before uh, the broader tech space did. And uh, it looks like the levels that it's targeting on this re- really big rip higher in November is, uh, that, uh, the, the highs at the end of July or early August. Um, if we take out those highs, then, uh, then we'll likely get kind of a pullback and consolidation before we move higher in a, in a bullish uptrend. And, um, and so that's exciting. It's exciting to see the participants like lamb and AMD and Taiwan semiconductor, uh, that make up that, SMH index and the SOXX uh, rallying and doing well. So semis tend to lead. And then you've got the, the Qs uh, that, that's following just a bit, but not, not by much. Uh, they're all up like quite a bit this <laughs> November. We're looking at uh, the NASDAQ being up 9% or more in just the month of November, which we're only halfway, we're at the 14th, we're at halfway through. So S&P 500, let's review those levels. We got... Uh, the SPX or the S&P 500 large cap index. And uh, like I've said on previous podcasts, we need to break out above the 4,400 mark and then hold that. And then if we break above that, we go to probably 4,600 and then try to make a run at 4,800, which then would put us in a a zone of trying to take out the the all-time highs in the S&P, which would definitely be a vindication for the bulls and a, a bear trend reversal. Uh, however, I, I don't know if I see that actually happening. Um, I, I, I don't know about uh, that confluence of overhead resistance at the end of July, early August at 4607. So 4607, if we, uh, we might actually press up and try to test that. And uh, there'll, there'll be a little bit of time of testing. If we fail breaking out of that range, then we most likely are going to go back down and and have to establish new base of support. Um, and just as a marker, I like to look at the 40-week or the 200-day moving average. And uh, currently, that's right around, oh, 42.50, 42.75, right in that range. Uh, and it's trending up. And the 50-day is starting to kind of bottom out and maybe even pull up higher. So uh, it kind of looks like a momentum reversal a bit when you look at the MACDs. And the RSIs, uh, we're we're not quite oversold, so that means uh, uh, the McClellan oscillators, the ADX advanced decline lines, also 
uh, and those uh, chart studies uh, indicate that we're probably going to be bullish for the at least into Thanksgiving and maybe in the end of November and beginning of December. And then uh, we'll have to see where those um, oscillators indicate where we are at. It's you cannot rely on just one study alone. You really have to do a compilation of studies. Uh, and aggregate them together and look at them holistically and in an unbiased way as best you can, because um, everybody's biased to some degree. But uh, to try to make sure that you are looking at not only technicals, but then fundamentals and then the economy and understanding where we're at in the trading cycle. A lot of tax loss harvesting going on, a lot of portfolio rebalancing. There's just quite a bit of activity. And then they have a liquidity uh, crunch at the end of every year, seemingly. Uh, but, uh, but it's sentiment sentiment's a big, uh, big deal. So if people are negative, the market will likely be negative, but not always. Um, so there's just all kinds of things to look out of the market. That's why I love the, the stock market and analyzing it and doing charts and, uh, reviewing what, where things are at. But, uh, on the downside, gosh, if we end up selling off, let's say the equity market, the S&P 500 sells off. Some of the downside levels I've talked about in the past are are like 4,200 if we break that on the downside. If we end up failing here at 46, we might retest 44, break that, go 4,200. 4,200 fails, we go to uh, 4,000 on the S&P. If we break that, we go 3,800 and then walk ourselves down all the way down to that 3,500 level, which would be retesting October 22 lows in the S&P, which would be a substantial move frankly, a thousand point move from where we're at now. So I see that unlikely, but you know, nothing's off the table. Um, I see more of a, a p- possible retest of that 42, 4,400 level, 4,000, so, something above 4,000. It's hard to get my mind to, to what would have us drop down to 3,800. Uh, but that's not out of the question. Um, nothing is frankly, but um, if we do get that, I would say, uh, and, and we hold that, let, let's say, then I would think that you would probably want to look at that as a buying opportunity. Um, I'm just wondering if a lot of the, the equity moves will correspond with bond yields and where interest rates are at in the path of trajectory of the hiking cycle or the pause cycle or the declining oh, reducing interest rate cycle that the, the Fed is kind of trying to telegraph, but not yet give the market. So a lot of the big firms, as a reminder, are like Goldman Sachs and others are saying, well, they're probably the Fed will probably lower rates in the second half of next year. And so the market's a discounting mechanism. They're trying to anticipate that. And, op- and, and price tends to reflect about six to eight uh, months out uh, in the future. So, you know, if you're thinking about now, you might you might ought to be thinking about, well, where's the market going to be in May or June? of next year and then the second half of next year. And, and there's a lot that goes into trying to anticipate that because um, sometimes you have to react and other times you need to try to in, and react early and, and be in before the big money makes the move. So, um, but that's, uh, that's if you're a trader, that's if you're short term, if you're longer term, you just look at certain levels and look to deploy capital in the way that you ought to. All right. So that's our technical analysis spotlight. Wraps it up. I think I covered enough. Probably blew through it way too fast. If so, if you have questions, please feel free to reach out to uh, myself or my team. 
at Northbound Wealth Management. You can check us out, www.northboundwealth.com or my phone number is 317-399-1107. I look forward to talking with you. Have a great rest of your week. Like, subscribe, follow us. And thanks for listening to the show. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Would love feedback. So if you want to hear something then and have subject matter you'd like me to cover, send that my way and I would be happy to cover it. All right, take care. See ya.